to the Extraordinary Being Moment, where we inspire you to take action, influence you for change, and motivate you for success. This is your host and coach, Linda Carmine, here with you tonight. And I can't tell you what amazing woman we have on this show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the quantum experience. If you don't know what that is, you're going to soon find out. But before we dive into that, let me introduce my two favorite co-hosts, as always, the one and only Fred Martinez. Two in a row. I'm number one, Chris. In your face. In your face. <laughs> Fred, I know you've been feeling left out lately in the, in the way I do this roll call. So that's why I put you again number one. So you get you get it up there in my books. Thank you. I've been paying you off well, right? I, I know. I know. And let's let's not waste any more time. Let's introduce Christopher Shiver. Clearly, I'm not paying you enough. Hey, money talks, my friend. <laughs> money talks. So let's let's just get right into this. I want to introduce a special guest of us ours tonight. Her name is Erin Call. She's a woman's transformational coach, spiritual leader, spiritual leader, and man, oh my goodness, I am just getting tongue twy because I'm tongue twy, tongue twy. Excited. So scratch that. Let me do this again because I need to give her the respect that she deserves. So tonight's guest is Erin Call. She is a woman transformational coach, spiritual leader, and manifestation mentor. As the creator of Soul Naked CEO, she's a rising woman empowerment, which is a rising woman empowerment movement. She helps spiritual entrepreneurs to be abundantly supported at as their highest expression of self. Erin Call, I apologize. I, I just got tongue-tied, but I'm going to let you speak for yourself because I know you're a woman of magical words who's going to be sharing a lot with us tonight. But let me ask you this question first. What's one thing that you can share with us that you don't really share a lot with people? Well, that first of all, that was quite the introduction. So that was great. Thank you. <laughs> what do I not share with a lot of people? Oh, that's like a tricky question. I didn't know I was getting a question like that at 9pm. Um, I mean, are we going to go deep with this or funny with this? I guess however you want to go, whatever okay. you're most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, go deep with you. <laughs> all right, let's do it. I mean, it's not that I don't share this with a lot of people, but I guess it's if you just meet me, you wouldn't know. But I had my son when I was uh, 16, almost 17, as a junior in high school. And honestly, that was like one of the things that kind of triggered what I do now, even though at the time I didn't fully know it. So, mm -hmm. No, I love that. I, I'm in the same boat with you. I had my first child when I was going on to 18, 19 years old. Uh, my daughter's 24 now. Uh, so we're about... 20 years and a few weeks apart, so I can never forget her birthday nor mine. So we always kind of age together. So I totally get it. You know, I love it that, you know, you're able to take that on, that responsibility, and it's just changed your world to make you the person you are today. So that's awesome. It truly is. So Erin, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so... I've owned multiple different businesses over the years. I have three kids now. I'm actually from New York. 
and now we live in Phoenix, which I love. And I don't think I could ever freaking go back to the snow ever again. My family's still there, but I love it here. I'm cold when it's like 80 and I'm like, what the hell is happening? The other morning, I think it was 50. And I was like, I'm effing dying. Like, what is this? I don't know that I could ever go back to New York. Um, I owned a brick and mortar business when I lived back in New York. I actually owned a spray tan studio. That's how I got into entrepreneurship. Um, then I got into actually internet marketing from there. Then I got into coaching. Gosh, what else about me? I love yoga. Oh, typical spiritual. I love yoga. I also <laughs> love cycling. Um, I love traveling. My husband owns two businesses and then I have mine and we have three kids in sports and hockey and all the things. So our life is like beautiful and crazy and Anything that you could think of going on in our house is generally going on. It's a, it's a zoo. No, I love it. Sounds like you guys are always busy, which is fantastic. Always up to something. And that's what makes life so adventurous and exciting at times. So that's absolutely amazing. So can you share a little bit about your business? What, what your business is about and where is it going? Yeah, of course. So I think you said it for me. Like it's a yeah. rising women's empowerment movement. And what I mean by that is... My highest intention, and I think that this is something that women, especially female entrepreneurs, what happens is we start a business and we don't realize what's actually going to happen, which is all your, are we allowed to swear or do we not? Yes, please. We don't realize that all our fucking shadows are going to emerge. And so what starts to happen is like you start this business and you're putting your heart and your soul out there and you're starting to build your vision and then all these shadows come up and you don't know what the fuck to do with them. You don't necessarily, you didn't get into business to necessarily know how to heal your shadows and allow your highest expression of self to emerge. And so like, that's where I come in. That's where this movement comes in is, you know, we do, 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 do. What more can we do to grow the business? But really it's who can we be? So that's where I think we kind of came up with the topic of, you know, quantum creation or the quantum experience is because, you know, the foundation of, my business is that you get to be abundantly supported and prosperous in your purpose as your highest expression of self. But how do we do that? We don't do that by continuing to take more misaligned, forceful action. We do that by going within, healing the shadows, embracing the totality of who we are. And from there, all of the magic unleashes. Hey, Aaron, can you go ahead and briefly describe shadows? Because I know some of our viewers are not going to know what a shadow is because they're taking a groundhog day. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so a shadow is essentially just a suppressed part of your personality. So I'll try and think of a good example because a lot of times these shadows are suppressed from when we were like little kids and your mom told you, don't be too loud or don't outshine that person or stop looking at yourself in the mirror. You can't look at yourself. You can't, you know, see yourself as great. Somebody else can tell you you're amazing or you're pretty or you're smart. But if you say it yourself, like that's bad, right? And so all these things that are such beautiful parts of us that make us too much and too bold and too confident and smart and soft and loving and all these components of our personality we've suppressed and pushed away because if we allow them to emerge we're going to be rejected we're going to be told we're bad we're going to be too much and we're going to make someone else feel bad about ourselves so over the years we learn to push away what's not wanted and we learn to only you know use and allow people to see what's acceptable and okay and not too much but just enough 
And from there, we're literally, I mean, I know we're in the time of like fucking COVID right now, but <laughs> we're literally wearing masks, not, you know, metaphorically, I guess, all our lives. And so the whole, you know, process of getting soul naked, which is my brand, is like peeling back these masks that we've been wearing forever. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that because... And from also that is, just, um, let's be honest, a lot of female entrepreneurs, there's not a lot of support systems for our female entrepreneurs. They're just, they're, it just doesn't exist, really. You have to, like, really go looking for those groups of, of, of women that actually are built a, a positive ecosystem. There's not a lot of support for that. So I, I'm really happy to hear that. And, yeah, because I feel like when I started my, when I started being an entrepreneur, like, for me, like, I got, I got for the first time in my life, I got uh, to deal with how I deal with rejection. You know, I got exposed to that. Yeah. And, you know, that's so interesting because I don't think we fully realize that that's what's occurring Mm -hmm. until we're faced with it. And we're like, well, what what the fuck is happening? You know, and really at the core of everything that we do or don't do, especially in our business, because a business in most cases requires you to want to be seen, you know, requires you to put yourself out there that everything you do or don't do is trying to mitigate the emotional repercussions of being rejected because that feels uncomfortable. And because we learned from a young age that that was a feeling we didn't want to have because we didn't validate ourselves. It was self-validate or it was external validation. Yeah, and, and growing up, we've always been told no. You know, no to things, especially as children. And that makes you feel, you know, you know, uncomfortable. And then when you get rejected as an adult, that just makes it even worse because now you're going back to some of those old belief systems, some of those shadows that are now creeping up inside. And you know, a lot of people don't know how to deal with those things. In the hole because like, I get, oh yeah, yeah. And I think if I can go off on this, um, yeah. what Chris said about there not being a ton of support for women entrepreneurs, I don't think there's a ton of like feminine support. I think there's a lot of maybe more patriarchal or masculine support of like let me teach you how to market let me teach you how to do this let me teach you step by step what's going to get you this but I think what it's doing and what I've watched it do is it's playing on your wounds well Mm. you're bad at this so let's fix it and mask it and put the fucking band-aid on it and it's playing on your insecurities and then as the business grows and you know you do start to see some results you don't know what the fuck to do with them and it feels like a rebirth because you're like oh my God, I never healed the shit and now I'm over here and I'm growing and all these things are happening and you have no emotional intelligence to deal with that at all. And I think that's what's missing. It's not that there's necessarily not support for women, but not that kind of support. And the truth is as women, like we have sister wounds. We're fucking scared of other women's power and we're scared of our own power. So being vulnerable and feeling the feel it to heal it and feeling the emotions and navigating the emotions and energy of what's happening as you build something bigger than you is what you really need support in but you're afraid to ask for it and you're afraid to to seek out other women because god forbid if someone sees you in your vulnerability that would be like the worst thing ever you know and so and so it sounds like you you've created a space where that vulnerability can be accepted and you can actually show up I mean, that's a core of it is like, do we celebrate each other? Of course. But do we also like allow each other to be seen when it's painful and chaotic and uncomfortable? 
Like, yeah, because I always tell my clients, I'm like, listen, I'm all about ease of receiving and ease and flow and conscious manifestation, 100%. But like the depth creates space for the ease and flow. If we don't do the depth, Mm. then the ease and flow is just fluff and bullshit. Like it doesn't exist. It is. Oh my God, there's so much of it. That's a lot of it. I read something. Do you guys know who Nick Tilia is maybe by chance? No, I haven't heard that name. Oh, he's a little Phoenix. Now he's in LA, but okay. he posted something on the internet that said, you know, one of the problems with the coaching world is there's so many qualified coaches who are riddled with self-doubt. And then the coaches who aren't qualified have no self-doubt and are just like, here I am, let's talk about the fluff. And it wasn't, I don't think he meant it as a dig, but it was just such a like, profound thing when I read it I was like oh my god like if that isn't the fucking truth <laughs> no I <laughs> no I, I can totally I totally get that I love that because I've seen it even with myself where I have my own self-doubt I mean I I know how to coach I know how to do quite well but then I even have my own self-doubt and then I see these other people who aren't really that qualified you know just you know rehashing what they learned from other speakers Mm. And then calling it their own and then, you know, out there, you know, taking people's money, which is a well, shame. The energy, the energy is turning negative. It's like, for example, like, like people will be like, oh, it's all about meditations So download this app. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Isn't that like completely counter to what meditation is supposed to be? There should be no app involved. <laughs> yeah, there's just. It's so true. And it, you know, it's, we all have our own gifts and we're all here to give different things and whatever, but it is sad when the ones that are super, super qualified. And just like, you know, you said, Len, I all the time navigating my own self-doubt and doing the work of, that I'm guiding clients through because you never, you know, I remember when I used to think, oh, when I hit my first five figure month or when I do this or when I do that, you know, then I'll feel like this. And then all of that happened. And I was like, fucking feels worse because, you know, there was still shit that I had to navigate and there was still shadows and wounds that I, you know, so the point of me saying that is like, you never arrive. You never get to some place where all of a sudden you feel like there's no more shadows and there's no more layers to peel back. Like there always is, you know? Sure. Sure. Erin, can you share with us a little bit of your strategies on how people can overcome these shadows and kind of move themselves forward a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always say awareness is the catalyst that heals. So it's bringing the unconscious conscious, which I think that that's why coaching or mentorship leadership is so powerful. It's really starting to ask yourself the intuitive question. So like going mm -hmm. within rather than, you know, it can be a simple question as like, hmm, why am I doing this? Or why do I feel this way? Like I always tell people drop into your body. So even if it's just, if you feel immensely uncomfortable or you are scared or you are continually maybe not taking the action that you know that you want to take, mm -hmm. take a deep breath and drop into your body. Like where do you actually feel that in your body? Is it in your heart? Is it in your sacral? Are you, you know, and when you can drop into that and then start to ask yourself why, like you'll be shocked at what your body or your subconscious mind will reveal to you. It will guide you and tell you if you're willing to listen. 
second thing I can say is like, can we please stop consuming so much content? I know that y'all think that if you're going to read more books and listen to more podcasts and it is going to give you the answer to what shadow is trying to come. It is not your intuition and your, your guidance, your inner guidance can't speak through this cluttered mind. Like just imagine if your closet was like infiltrated with all of this shit and you're looking for your favorite pair of shoes and you have to dig and dig and dig and you're never going to find it because it's so cluttered. That's what you're doing in your mind every time you scroll social media, open another podcast, except for this one, because this one's obviously great. I have to ask a question. This, this, no, thank you so much. Because this, uh, when I was a coach, I moved away from doing um, coaching and more just, just teaching NLP. When I was a coach, I noticed that there's a lot of those people where they're just kind of like really stuck in the rah-rah and they're going from one rah-rah coach to the next rah-rah coach to the next. And they're, you know, gorging on all this content as if it's going to do something. How do you get across to those individuals? I think people receive what they want to receive when they're ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, firmly being an example of it because I've been there too. So I'm really open about, you know, having i mean i i wouldn't say that i've jumped from program to program to program but i've always had a coach and it's never been necessarily the rah-rah stuff but i've noticed the tendencies of maybe like oh that looks good squirrel squirrel but um you know so just being open with that but i think the more i stand in my power the more i authentically share what i believe to be true people receive it when they're ready to receive it i always say like the leader doesn't need to say she's a leader like you lead authentically and in integrity and people see it and feel it when they see it and feel it, they want it, you know? Yeah. People need to have that experience. They need to be able to figure out what they like and what they don't like. And without, you know, like I always tell people that in order for you to appreciate the light, you have to experience the darkness. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, you know, I've actually had clients. One of my, was one of my, uh, she was one of my first few like private clients a couple years ago. And she, I remember asking her something and her being like, I really don't want to feel that, but okay, like we'll go there. You know, like I asked something that triggered something and she didn't want to go there, but like she knew she had to go there. Sometimes you have to, you know, rupture before you rapture, right? Sometimes you have to like break down before what's meant to come through is actually going to really come through in the way it's meant to. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, you know, and I love the fact that you say, you know, when people are ready, it will appear to them that, you know, when they're ready to hear that message, it's time for them to start taking action. But a lot of people don't know how to go about doing that. That's why it's so important for people to reach out and get a coach or a mentor or somebody of that sort to help them work through these things. Because like you said, reading a book is great, but you really need to know how to actually apply the techniques in an effective way to really start seeing results in what you're looking to accomplish. And sometimes you need help with that. A hundred percent. And I always tell people, I'm like, it's energetic calibration. Like you might hear something, you know, 10 different times, mm-hmm. but until you're ready to have those like codes within you unlocked, they're not going to unlock. It's just that one time when you're open and you're receptive and you hear it and it does something within your body that then you take the step, make the move, do the thing, hire the person, whatever it is. And that's the difference between listening to a podcast or reading a book. 
and actually being in the energy of someone that's doing it. The energetic calibration is another level when you're actually immersed with someone versus, okay, I'm taking in the information and now I know it, but am I embodying it? Because like knowing something and embodying something are two totally different things. Oh, yes, I agree. You see that a lot, uh, a lot of the uh, people taking a lot of the seminars, they, they, they're not embodying it. They're there in the moment, they're appreciating it, and then after a while, it just starts dissipating because they're not embodying it. It's the, the coach or the presenter is presenting it. It's up to the individual to, to take the information, start embodying it, and start living it and practicing it because if you're not living it and practicing it, you're going to just lose out. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, 100%. It's like you do this. I remember my first Tony Robbins seminar I went to, and you know, you're all hyped up and you're like, this is great, you know? And I mean, granted, I had a coach at the time. So, I mean, I went home and I was embodying it, but I could imagine going to something like that and not taking it home with you and not having someone to help you integrate it actually into your life. And I mean, really, you're upgrading your identity and your standards. And if you're not actually, embodying that and doing the things every single day then i mean you default back to old paradigms yeah exactly yeah and that's one of the hardest things for people to really keep that momentum going without defaulting and that's why you need to have that constant support and that accountability working with somebody to stay in there until it really sticks until you really build that that muscle memory and that habit to overcome those issues that you're dealing with or those challenges so you can keep moving forward on the right path. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I have a question for you, Erin, and I, I just want to understand because I just, I, it's a value word for me. I love the word quantum. Mm. Please tell me more. <laughs> quantum, <laughs> tell me more. What did, what did I say before we got on? You said something about something math related. What did you say? I said we're going to be learning the quadratic equation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no idea. Quantum physics. So when I think of quantum, I think of, okay, you hear people say like everything's energy, 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 energy is energy, right? Mm-hmm. But I think of the best way to explain it to people when they're, you know, not fully sure what I'm talking about is, you know, the reality that you desire already exists, okay? So you're living in this 3D reality. You're living in your physical experience, but up here in the energetic, and if you guys are listening to the podcast, you can't see my arms. If you're listening to you, you can. Up here in the energetic, all the energy that is circling you, you have access to any reality you desire. You know, any possibility that you can imagine in your mind exists. And I tell people, you create it in your mind, you create it in your body, and then you anchor it into your physical experience. So that's why, I mean, I do hypnotherapy and I do breath work and I do like meditation visualization. And I think why that is so powerful is because you can transcend your physical experience, meaning you can get yourself out of this physical reality where maybe things don't look the way you want them to look. Maybe your finances don't look the way you want them to look. Maybe your business isn't quite there. Maybe your relationship, whatever. And you can create in your mind, which is energetically creating a vibrational frequency, right? And you can create a reality that is what you actually want, not what you're living right now. And when you do that, you connect yourself to the energy of that experience. And then you draw it in. You bring in opportunities, experiences, people that then guide you into really actually manifesting and realizing that reality. Does that make sense? 
totally makes sense. It's taking things from a different level from a person's using the, the affirmative actions, uh, the affirmations, and, and, and still you're, you're putting it in a different concept of you're visualizing it in your mind's eye as well as you're embodying it and you're doing, it's the law of attraction, putting it out there, like attracts like. Yeah, 100%. And it's accessing the consciousness, meaning the awareness of what it would look like, feel like, be like for you to step into that. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to over, over explain because sometimes I think it can seem very esoteric to people and it's like trying to anchor it into the, anchor it into here and now. <laughs> no, I, I love this. Can, can you share a little bit about your breath work, how that works? Yeah, so I'll be honest, I've been doing hypnotherapy for a while. I've been doing meditations, obviously, quantum meditations for a while. Breathwork is something I started maybe just like nine months ago. So this is a little bit newer to me, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I love breathwork because you really physically actually transmute stuck, stagnant energy. So like when we're talking about shadows or past experiences that may be created a trauma or a trigger or something in your body that you start to notice is creating a habit or a pattern that you don't like that is not creating the results that you want um, is generally attached to an experience which creates stuck energy in our body, right? So when we do breath work and certain breath patterns, we actually break up, I guess you could say, this energy. And I'll tell you guys, the first experience that I had with breath work was like, physically fucking painful like I knew I had stuff to transmute but that's yeah. kind of what made me fall in love with breath work was I physically my arms and my legs like when I was doing it felt paralyzed and it was all this stuck energy that I was trying to like rid my body of and I remember just laying there and feeling like okay you get these I don't know if you guys have done breath work but you get these like little hands that look like fucking like yeah <laughs> crab claws or something, <laughs> you know, and so it, and it physically feels like, I mean, and everyone's experience is different, but mine felt physically like someone was like sitting on me, like I literally couldn't move. And I remember like just hearing God or my higher self or whatever say, just surrender. It was like, mm -hmm. I was trying to hold on to something, you know, it's like you're holding on to your past, you're holding on to what's keeping you small and stuck. And I literally let go and started bawling and all of the energy just like left my legs and my arms. And it was probably one of the most like profound experiences I've had. And ever since then, like I practice breath work like crazy. I do it with my clients and it's really, really transformational. I, I, I do it like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not complicated in it, but I did, I did take some advice from, from somebody that does that lot of work. And I use it for my son because he will get really, really upset. Like, like, you know, four-year-old gets upset about anything, right? But the thing is, like, I, I've also come to realization that we make, even though you're maybe four or five years old, you still make choices about your energy at those ages. And, 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 and they will last forever. And they could be decisions based upon something that you may have misinterpreted or something like that. And so every time he gets upset, because I'll tell him, hey, it's bedtime, Every night, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter every time I repeat it. it. It doesn't matter. He's going to cry. He's going to get upset. I have to get in there as soon as possible and get him just to breathe through it all. And just think, and, and I use my fingers with his fingers and we just do this together. We just trace a little circle as we breathe and exhale just so he can kind of follow along. Because if I can just get him centered, none of that negative energy is going to stay. 
I love that you said that because I've actually had a lot of people ask me that and I haven't ever created anything, at least not yet, but I either do breath work or hypnotherapy with my kids. My daughter, she's 11 and she's kind of like, mm, I don't want to do that. Right. right. <laughs> like, overtly put it in there. Like, I know. She's like, will you lay with me? And I'm like, yes, just take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> and slowly she's out. Um, my son's seven and I swear to God, every night he asks for it. He says, and it's weird, like I'm not there tonight and my husband's doing, you know, bedtime, but um, he literally says, will you do hypnotherapy? And he loves it. I just do guided imagery, but like the first thing I do is center the breath and like you're literally calming their nervous system and you are teaching them to self-regulate. And if you can do that when they're this little, like you just change the trajectory of their life. I'm kind of curious about in the breath work, how is it different from you? I don't know if you're familiar with box breathing. Mm. Very similar. Box breathing is where you're going to go ahead and breathe from your, from your nose and build and fill in from your breathe and fill in your, your air into your diaphragm because most people don't breathe. They breathe through their, through their chest rather than breathing through their diaphragm. We learned that as a, as a child. And then all of a sudden that we change that breathing, but if you breathe through your, your uh, diaphragm, you get more air. So you're filling up your, your system from the diaphragm all the way up. And then you're holding it for like four seconds. And then you're, you're, and then you're letting it out slowly, reversing the process. And you're doing it within four seconds. So you do four, four, four. And, and the whole thing is, is that this is something that the, the military Navy SEALs and, and they, they incorporated this. So you can go ahead and be calm. Then what they'll do is when they're in battle, or they're in a stressful situation, they will go ahead and do the same type of breathing, except for they're not holding for four seconds. They're just breathing in and breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. So basically they're calm they're and they have the, the focus and they're very alert. Yeah, that's that's cool. No, I haven't specifically heard of it called that. The, the thing I would probably say that's maybe different about that is that is to center and calm. And when you're doing breath work for like transmuting energy, it's really, really active. So you might be doing and like you're doing this pattern like quicker um, and it's building up the energy to then essentially like transmute it. So I guess a little bit of a different, <laughs> a little bit of a different pattern, similar intention. Okay, because I, 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 then I could read that because I went to a Brandon Burchard seminar and they ended up uh, doing the the, the breath work, breathing in like exactly like that. Yeah. And then yeah. it kind of makes people really lightheaded because they have all this oxygen going into their brain. Yeah, I'm curious. Do they do it when you're standing up there? Yeah, when you're standing up. Oh, yeah, no, I do it when you're like, I mean, I have everyone lay down because it is literally like, they must not do it for too extended of a period of time. Otherwise, shit could happen. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be an interesting day. <laughs> <laughs> you may fall over, arms might, I don't know. But it, it, I mean, I, I like this because it, it's it's like the human experience. Like, I, I don't care who you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, what situation you're in, breathe. <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing, when you say that, I think of that all the time. I'm like, sometimes we have to remind ourselves because it's second nature to us. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that the, these simple things are actually the most profound and transformational tools that people overlook them because our brain wants to complicate everything and our oh, brain God. wants to make it harder than it has to be to keep us safe and all of these things. Wait, but there's this next breathing technique I can do. <laughs> <laughs> so much more 
complicated could we make it? And it's like, no, just 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 pick one, just stay with it. They all work. <laughs> just just yeah. stick with it. Find the one that works for you. <laughs> yes, yes, Fred. I said, but if it's complicated, it has to be good. <laughs> that's it. Or I'll pay for it. <laughs> oh no! It's getting dropped. <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> so, Aaron, I have a question for you. I wanted to find out. Okay, so you were a mother at a very young age. So the thing is, is that most people haven't really realized the, the experience that you've had and the difficulties and things like that and, then, and, and where you are right now. So I would like to know on that journey, on that process, because it's a thing where you have to, something had to trigger you in order to be this multi-level producer uh, and making changes in women. And that's where I want to know that process. I want to know the mindset, the drive behind it. Hey, let's go there. Um, no, I actually really like telling this story because I think everyone has their own comeback story, if you will. Not that our success has to be built on a comeback, but often for a lot of us, we have had a story that we've had to overcome. Um, and it's funny because I knew, like I remember saying, I was, it was the beginning of my junior year of high school. And I remember having to tell my dad and being like, what the fuck am I going to do with my, like, I was supposed to go away to college. I honestly never thought I, it wasn't that I didn't want kids, but I never thought, oh my God, I wasn't the, the one that was like, I love babysitting all the kids and I want all the babies and I want to be a mother. Like that was never, you know, what I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to go away to college. I'm going to have a career. I want to do all these things. So it was really like, I mean, I don't want to say debilitating, but at the moment it felt like that, like, what are you going to do? You know? So you have this like pivotal moment in your life. And I remember saying like, okay, I had maybe an old soul or whatever. I was like, I'm going to use this to help women someday. I don't know how, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but I know God would not give me, and I'm not super religious. I'm much more faithful, but I know God would not give me a story like this if it wasn't to be used for some sort of good, you know? And kind of just let that unfold. So I graduated high school a year early and then I went to college. And so I had my little guy, I was working 30 plus hours a week and I was in college. So literally the only day I had, actually I didn't have any days between work and school. I would, every day was something. And I really, really learned to default to the masculine. Well, gotta do what you gotta do. Like go, 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 go. That's all I knew. I had to take care of myself, got an apartment, got a car, did all the things. Um, then by 19, I found myself pregnant again. So, I mean, if we're going to talk about someone maybe falling into being a statistic, that would have been, but it wasn't. Um, so by 20, I had two babies. I was married. I had a corporate job. I was in college and I just bought my first house, which now I say it like at the time it felt normal, but it seems insane now. Um, like all my friends are out, you know, doing their thing and like, why aren't you ever... I'm never coming out or doing anything because I'm, I'm at school or at work or have these babies, you know? So by the time I was 23, I was pregnant with my third little guy and my husband and I were working opposite shifts. I was still in my corporate job. I was at this kind of pivotal point where I had already got promoted a couple times and I was like up for my next promotion, which would have put me working like literally 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. with a new hire team and my son just started kindergarten I'm pregnant again and I'm like 
I'm never going to see my kids. I don't want to be in this gray cubicle. Like I literally had this like very, very, it was around 2012, 2013, end of 2012, beginning of 2013, where I was kind of like, I don't want to do this. Like I'm crying on the way to work. I know, I just feel like, and I'm super connected to my little guy, my son, he's seven now. And I just felt like he was like my awakening that was kind of like, this is not what you're here for. Like you can stay there because the profit sharing is good and they pay for your health insurance and you know, it's a good job and it's kind of stable and eh, with all, all the things. And it made no fucking sense. I made half of our household income. And I looked at my husband, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to quit my job. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. And I literally quit my job when I was like five or six months pregnant um, with no, literally no plan other than I was going to be in school full time. I was actually going to be able to dedicate myself to like fully learning and not like half-ass, like I'm learning and I'm also in school and mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things. Like I'll be Getting able to- by. Right. Like, which I never really had the opportunity to do. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, the story's long. I could keep going. I got an internship when I was in college and I couldn't even fit behind a desk because I was eight months pregnant and it was at a, a news station. And I thought, well, I had always wanted to be an entertainment reporter, you know, go back, back, back. And, uh, I was like, okay, this is going to find me in a cubicle again, doing something I don't want to be doing. So I turned it down and had my son. And when my son was 10 months old, I said, I want to build my own business. I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but I started my spray tan studio. And that's kind of when I really got into personal development. I started doing more spiritual work. I started going to seminars and hiring coaches and doing trainings and all of the things and, and reading and just Finding my identity outside of motherhood, which I think people don't realize whether you have a kid later, like you put your identity in your kids, your work, your business, whatever. And like, I didn't ever fully know who I was. So I think that like evolutionary process is kind of where I found who I am as a human being. And then from there, it just, you know, no, I mean, I could talk another 20 minutes, but it just all spiraled from there. So how did Um, you find out about your identity? That's the thing I'm always trying to find that themselves did you say how i sorry i heard yeah, part of it. How, yeah how did you find your identity yeah i started doing what turned me on and lit me up like breadcrumb by breadcrumb i started you know one one foot in front of the other finding like what turned me on to life what lit me up what made me excited whether that was finally like going to cycle class every day at the gym because I was important too it wasn't just like kids school work like I was important um and you don't realize especially as women like I mean your life force energy is like what turns you on to life what lights you up and you know when you start doing things for yourself you start being led to the next thing that excites you and you start to learn slowly but surely to like trust yourself and from that you create an entirely new identity I mean but when you put yourself last you're really never going to know who you are and I promise you you know if you're listening or whatever um it is you know most women sacrifice themselves my mother you know you sacrifice yourself in the name of servitude right like how can I be the martyr in all of this and I watched that and I fucking knew there was something wrong with that all along. And, you know, I guess that awareness then cultivated step by step by step following the breadcrumbs of what lit me up and from there, 
the purpose comes and then from the purpose comes, you know, more prosperity and that's kind of how. Mm. Make it sound so simple. Yeah, whereas I know people are. <laughs> okay, okay. It's painful and it's chaotic. <laughs> in the car and you will cry your eyes out because you literally don't know how you're supposed to like do the things and you're so scared people are going to judge you and you're going to be rejected and you know i mean there yeah the real stuff of of pain and chaos and craziness that happens when you start to learn to trust yourself because you're defying the paradigms from which culturally family society all these things have laid out before you and you're defying it and who the fuck are you to defy it you know all these things come up but yeah, I mean, if we had a 10 hour podcast episode, I could tell you about all the things that come up and how crazy it is. We just had to bring you back on again, because to be honest with you, I, I really want to hear more about women in entrepreneurship, because it, 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 to me, it's interesting because I'm part of a, a, a lot of networking groups, entrepreneurs and whatnot here in the Phoenix area. And I see maybe more than 300 people a week. And I'm going to be honest, it, it, there's not many women that there's not many. Now, maybe I'm in the wrong groups. Maybe they're going elsewhere. What's going on? I, I really would love to hear more about this because because in, in my opinion right now, after 2020, I think we need a lot more feminism, well, not feminine, feminine energy in business. Yes. So funny because as the, you know, I have 10 different things I could say about that, but as the evolution of like my brand and my business has evolved, I've noticed that like, even women are operating dominantly in this very masculine energy and it's just masking who they truly are. And I remember someone I met at a networking event, it's probably like a year and a half ago. And she looked at me and she was like, your voice is like a Barbie doll. But when I read your content online, it sounds a little masculine. I'm kind of confused. And it was like my evolution of not anymore. If you read my content, not at all, but, um, it's just kind of like me masking, you know, being afraid of your, our feminine power. And I think that honestly, like typical business in is actually afraid of the power of femininity kind of rising in that realm where it's not normal. Um, and I don't feel like there's a ton of local networking groups for women, to be honest. And I would love to talk about that because I had this idea last year before COVID hit, and I created a networking group of, I think there's just about 40 of us. Cause honestly, like right after COVID hit and it was like, okay, well, are we going to meet up? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? And a lot of other things happen mm -hmm. in the business, but I don't think that there's a space where women really feel safe in business or I, yeah, I don't think there's a, a nurturing, but also a powerful space. Cause I think it's a, it's a blend. It's not you know, oh, we're feminine and we, we like the fluff and that. No, like, the, like where these come together, where the power and the also the softness of the femininity and business come together. I don't think there's much. I kind of see that it's the you have your masculine, your feminine energies, and and men and women they both have those energies. And I and I kind of look at it as what you're putting out there is a thing that even men can benefit from it because. The whole thing about the feminine energy, it's the, it's the energy, it's the creating energy. And whereas the masculine energy, it is just giving. And so sometimes it could be very forceful, that type of thing. But if you do it with grace, mm -hmm. and that it's not so powerful, 
that it's the both the masculine and feminine energies can, can be be combined and create this cohesiveness. Yeah, a synergy. Yeah, and can we be really clear that it's not like women against men, like feminine energy against men? No, it, no. it, it is the meshing of the feminine and the masculine in its totality. I was having a conversation with a friend about that the other day. It wasn't like the feminine energy against the masculine. They work together. I feel like the sacred masculine holds space for the feminine. And I mean, even I, you, we, we all have both of the energies. And I think that a hundred percent, you know, a lot of men even are operating in this like wounded masculine, which is like, let me overcompensate and let me be over dominant and let me over assert myself. And, you know, anger, secondary emotion masks what I really want to be doing. And so a hundred percent, well, I primarily help women, you know, men need it too, I think. Exactly. Hey, Len. There we go. <laughs> my dog was barking in the back, so I needed to mute, and then I forgot to take myself off. Aaron, I, I want to get back to what I was saying with you. You have shared so much tonight. It's been absolutely amazing. And I want people to be able to get a hold of you, to reach out to you, to learn more about you. How can people go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I just want to say I am shocked at how fun this was from nine to 10 at night because for me, that's late. So <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself. I had a great time. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, you guys can find me on all the social media channels, uh, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. It's always at Soul Naked CEO. Um, and you can also my website, www.soulnakedceo.com. My podcast, Soul Naked CEO. It's also Naked CEO. No, I absolutely love it. You've been amazing tonight being on the show, your insight and inspiration. And, you know, we started from, from one point, we got to another point, and it was just been absolutely amazing. We want to definitely have you back on the show to dive in, in more, in, excuse me, more in depth on dealing, working with women and your empowerment of them and more of your programs and what you have to offer. So we thank you so much for being here this evening. And Fred, Chris, any final words with you guys? I mean, Aaron's been awesome tonight. I, I'm taking over Fred. It's my turn first now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just want to say to Aaron, Aaron, please, I, we, we want to know more about you going on. Please let us know. I, I love your energy. I love your, your, your values. I love your behind. I love your, your honesty. I appreciate you coming on here and just Letting us know how it is, because yeah, because a lot of people they don't want to talk about the little dark side of the self development world. Thank you so much for being transparent like that. And in all honesty, I, I really want you to come back on here again because I feel like we need to talk more about the networking and whatnot. Because I really feel like that I, I really feel like there's an education needs to happen in that for a lot of people. I, I want to reiterate what, what Chris said is I want to dive deeper into that mindset because the success mindset is what everybody really needs right now is how to be successful. What was it that you did to become successful? Yeah, I would love to come back. Thank you, guys. Hey, and we'd love to have you. This is Linda Carmine with the Extraordinary Being Movement. To reach us, check us out on our website at theextraordinarybeingmovement.com. You can watch this episode and many others at ebmtvlive.com. That's our YouTube channel. 
So reach out. If you'd like to know more about Erin, you can check her out on our website as well. We'll have some information about her on there where you can reach out. So enjoy the show. Watch it over and over again. There's so much, so many nuggets of information and make sure that you get in contact with Erin to learn more about her business and how she can help you today. This is Linda Carmine signing off. Have a great evening to your success. Thank you.